Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even if you don't think you're addicted, even if you think you're quote unquote normal for today, the amount of tech you use and the time and attention you give it is very likely affecting your mind, body, and your relationships. It's mentally yours for Melon and Yvette. Focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally Yours. Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen and today I'm talking to August Bryce. She's the creator of Tech Wellness. We're going to be chatting to her about digital detoxes, the impact of our constant tech addiction on our mental well-being and how we can make healthier relationships with our phone, our laptop and the internet as a general thing. I have a platform called Tech Wellness, and it's informed by a panel of experts, and we have solutions that create awareness and empower people to live safe and balanced with technology. And we cover, you know, all the aspects of technology, mind, body, and spirit and safety, your mind so you can be focused and your body to be healthier, your spirit to be more connected and present, and overall safety so we can learn to protect our privacy. So with the kind of mental health and wellness aspect of things, how is our current tech use affecting our mental well-being? Well, you know what? I think that it's become so normalized that when we talk about addictions and obsessions, which is, I think, the way that you're headed, right? Yeah. Uh, that it feels normal because we're all moving down this path together and because tech is so pervasive. And most people, I think, don't think that the obsession or addiction aspects really apply to them. And we've got lots of research about those addictions and they think they're not addict addicted. But even constant device being the norm, even if you don't think you're addicted, even if you think you're quote unquote normal for today, the amount of tech you use and the time and attention you give it is very likely affecting your mind, body and your relationships. There are new studies on distraction, 
that are, that I think are really super fascinating, um, showing that even if your smartphone is turned over and turned off, chances are it's still taking up a lot of really important space in your brain, especially when you're working on a task or when you should be paying attention to something else. Um, so that alone, you know, finding out that the mere presence of the phone in the room lowers your cognitive capacity is, I think, a reason to probably step away and just be more mindful about how you're using the technology. Why does it affect your focus, even if it's not kind of notifying you of things? Well, well, because we're so accustomed to it really having a persona, right? I mean, our phones are almost part of us or an appendage or the third person in a relationship if two people are there and the phone is there. So I think what they found out about in the study, it was done uh, at the University of Texas, the Macomb School of Business. They found that 800 students were given a set of tasks to do. And when the phone was there, just the presence of it, it took up to 30% of their cognitive function. If they were able to put it outside in another room, a way where it couldn't be seen, then their functions were normalized. And they likened it to somebody standing in the room calling out your name. It was that important, the phone just being there. So I think we're we're just accustomed now to knowing that that phone could need us. We could be notified of an email or an important text or of an appointment that we're supposed to be at. The phone has the presence. It's, it's personified as another person in our life that needs our attention. I think that's what's happened. And that's what the study was really getting to. I think what you said was really interesting about how it's become so normalized that mm. none of us would think we have a problem. What mm -hmm. are the signs that maybe our relationship with our phones and technology isn't healthy? So Dr. Kimberly Young, the late Dr. Kimberly Young, uh, was our first internet addiction expert. And she coined the term over 30 years ago, internet addiction. And through the years, she came up with the symptoms and the symptoms now have been widely accepted as failed attempts to control your behavior. Like, you know, you, you can't stop, won't stop, don't want to stop, um, neglecting friends, family, and important relationships, not sleeping like you should, or neglecting sleep so that you can just stay up and be online, uh, being dishonest with others, meaning that if somebody says, Hey, were you on your phone all night? And you say, no, I wasn't. Then that's a really good clue that you're probably running toward addiction, uh, feeling guilty or ashamed or anxious or depressed when you're not online or feeling those symptoms when you are as a result of just being online. You know, the, the standard weight gain or loss, backaches, headaches, carpal tunnel syndrome, you know, some of the things that you also associate with other addictions like withdrawing from activities that used to bring you pleasure. So those are the standard symptoms. And it's great. She put together this test based on her uh, very renowned internet addiction test that's, you know, probably uh, 50 different questions. She put a short form that we have on our site that anybody can come and take. And we don't collect information about you. You don't have to give us your email. You can just take this test and get the answers right there that can help lead you if you're, if you're uncertain 
about your addiction. I'm slightly taken aback because all the symptoms you said, I was like, oh, that sounds exactly like me. (laughs) (laughs) which right. is great <laughs> because it has become normal. And, and, you know, if it does sound like you, if you're, if you're, if anyone's thinking that, wow, you know, I'm kind of running that direction, uh, a really nice antidote is just an unplug to just see if you can leave your device for a day, for an hour, for maybe a certain time period when you wake up you don't go to your device. It's just like getting into the practice of an exercise. You know, some for a lot of us, it doesn't start easy when we decide to have an exercise regime. But if we do little bits, we can start to recognize that we actually feel better when we exercise. So this is like the same thing. You might feel a little bit better if you exercise control over something that you think might be controlling you a little bit too much. So I think one thing that's difficult is that it's kind of impossible to go completely cold turkey for so many people. Like a lot of us have to use email at work and be on our phones all the time to be in contact with people. How can we kind of manage that relationship without going completely tech free? I think it's about organizing a system you know, that will, that works for you. Of course, we can't go tech-free. Like you said, we've got to get our emails. Uh, we do have appointments. The smartphone has made our lives so much easier. But if we feel like it's calling our name a little bit too much, I think a great place to start towards health with our devices is in the bedroom. And by that, I mean that if there's not a device in the bedroom, we're not exposed to the blue light that comes from the device that, that we haven't talked about, but we've probably heard that the blue light coming from our devices can affect our sleep. And that's because our body produces melatonin and naturally releases that melatonin that affects our sleep and our circadian rhythms at night in the dark hours. But we stop that release just by the light. So if we can keep that light out of our bedroom, that's a great step. If we can keep the EMF or the the electronic fields, you know, that wireless energy that also affects our body out of the bedroom, we're great. And if we can keep it out of the bedroom, just so that we can connect either to ourselves or to someone who's in the bedroom with us, you know, we can start there and just realize so much benefits with step one. Does, Does that sound good to you? Um, it sounds scary, but doable. <laughs> I think that's the thing. Like you're so uh, attached to it. Like with me, I always have my phone right by my bed. And I know when I wake up, that's kind of the first thing I can reach for. It is a real like change in habit. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. It, and think of it just sort of as a, a mindfulness practice, you know, something, what else do you do that's really good for you in your life? Something that you feel really great about. Like I'm writing creatively, I would say. Okay, that's awesome. So think of it with that same little, you know, little rush of dopamine you get after you've finished writing or that release that you feel. Just think of putting the phone away and not looking at it for maybe 15 minutes to start with when you wake up. Just start to associate that feeling of accomplishment that you get from writing with that accomplishment of not letting the phone be the most important thing in your life right when you wake up and see 
if you don't feel a sense of, of self from it, that maybe we're starting to miss because we're, we're so dependent on our phones. How do you think the dependency on our phones and technology is kind of affecting long-term mental health issues such as depression or social anxiety or low self-esteem? We have so many studies now that are pointing to this. So many studies that show that social media, just by virtue of comparison or by virtue of the dopamine rush that we get when we see that we have you know, 10 likes on a post, we get this little rush. We're finding out that being deprived of that dopamine rush will cause depression, being deprived of being on our phone because of the dopamine rush that we had will also cause like the cortisol response where we get anxiety and we have to rush back to our phone. So these studies are showing us that, that we're actually, and a a few scientists have talked to me about this, uh, we're rewiring our brains and they're not really sure what's going to happen long-term. But we know in the short term that depression and anxiety, especially in our youth is rising because of social media use. And there's a man that I've interviewed, Dr. Terrell from the university, uh, Cal State University uh, in Fullerton. And he did this really interesting chart where he took information from this National Institute on Drug Abuse study and Monitoring the Future study. uh, And he charted device use, and that's non-school device use, and uh, emotional health. And he found that as screen use went up, the joy of being alive went down, which was devastating to see. Exercise and sleep down dating, attending parties, socializing with friends, all down. And to me, this was really like a rally call to parents to step in and begin to set healthy boundaries with, with you know, loving guidance for the well-being of our kids. Yeah, that's kind of shocking, mm-hmm. honestly. It was. It, what you're saying, just feeling alone and loneliness, I think, is a huge thing. Oh, it, it was. This study really was a big incentive for me to uh, begin my guidebook on uh, how parents can help their children be healthy with technologies. And uh, Dr. Kimberly Young had an age-appropriate guide of when kids should see screens. And so we've taken that guide and the book should be out by summer. Um, And we've incorporated all the different aspects of technology to create an overall guide for parents And, uh, but this study was definitely an incentive to get this book written quickly because I just think parents really, we, we, you know, we weren't given a guidebook with our phones. And so it's just all happening in real time. And I think it's time to step back and to really evaluate. And so we're going to try to help parents do that. Yeah, and it's changing so rapidly and we don't really know the long-term effects. It is quite scary. Yeah, exactly. We can just look at the study that happened over seven years and we look at it in retrospect and we say, oh, wow, that's that's significantly uh, scary. But I think for parents and, you know, other adults as well, so much of it has to be like leading by example. Because I feel Mm -hmm. like with my parents, if they had told me, you know, get off your phone. And I had seen them on their phone all the time. 
I would not take them seriously at all. How can like parents start to control their own relationship and maybe break those bad habits? You know, Alan, you bring up such a good point because there was a study from the UK uh, like seven years ago saying that, uh, that 75% of kids thought that their parents were on their devices too much. And so, yeah, I think it's a great practice to just be intentional with our family time and especially in front of our kids. Um, you know, I, I think because I've, I've interviewed a few people, a few moms, um, and one mom in particular who was fortunate enough to have children in their twenties and then to have another child, um, she's raising her third child in an environment with technology. And she believes that she actually said this, that it's so much easier to parent now because we give devices to our children and use them as babysitters. And she realized this after her child became addicted to his gaming console. And so she had to do a big detox and, you know, reevaluate all of their uh, screen use so that now it's limited to about a half an hour a day of any type of screen. And she said it was really difficult for her because she realized that as a mom of her older boys, she had toys all over the house and she was in constant communication with them. She needed to be present because there wasn't anything or anyone taking away their attention. And then with her, her other child, she found that it wasn't because she insisted that he had the device. He preferred the device to time with her. And so they've reorganized all that and they spend so much healthy time together every day. They walk, they go on bike rides, they play Hot Wheels together, they read together, he's reading now. So it's it's sort of like stepping back, like you said, with your mom and dad being great examples for you. Parents, I think, are realizing that it's time for them to model the behavior as well. And so I think your question was, how do parents manage it? Is that what you said? Well, I think it's, it's just being mindful and intentional. And as we were talking about before, taking the time to really look at the importance of a device in our life. And, you know, there's things that you can do. You can take off all your notifications. That's step one. And so does your phone really need to notify you that you received an email? Does it really need to notify you that you received a text? That's a personal decision, but it's one to think about and possibly decide, you know, I don't need those notifications on my phone. When I'm ready to look at my email, I will. And I won't be looking at my email when I'm in the middle of a conversation with my child or my husband or my partner. So notifications, that's step one. That's an easy one to fix. And then some people find that by just turning their screens gray, that... I was just about to ask you about that. <laughs> it's, you know, actually my husband does it. He loves it. And I, and I don't because I have a different relationship with my devices. I uh, have developed a schedule for when I look at my devices. And so I really enjoy seeing the color in my device. I love going on and looking at Instagram and I do it 15 minutes a day. 
I go on Facebook once a week for an hour and that works really well for me. Uh, but I like to see the bright colors. I do have my screen organized so that my screensaver or wallpaper, as some people refer to it, is the only thing I see when I first look at my device. And so that's another option. You don't have to see all of your apps and the fewer apps that you have, the safer you are and the less distracted you'll become. So that's another thing that we can do to just start slowly managing our devices. Vibrating instead of ringing, that's another way to do it. Keeping it in a special place, you know, using it on a stand so that we don't develop technic is, is another great idea. So there's so many easy fixes. I think a lot of people are worried kind of about, uh, say, withdrawal symptoms, like they're going to mm -hmm. feel anxious without it. They're going to miss out on things. What should people expect when they start to make those changes and how can they deal with those kind of negative experiences? You know, you're absolutely right. They will feel withdrawal because it's that uh, that ratio of dopamine, that excitement that we get when we see something that we want to see on our device versus the cortisol, which is the anxiety. Uh, a researcher out here in California uh, actually documented the cortisol response after the dopamine response. And so, of course, we'll feel that anxiousness, but, but just like many things that can cause us anxiety. We can learn to meditate, to breathe through it. Just being aware that it's likely to happen can help us deal with the anxiety that we're going to feel. I think that's how I would start if I was feeling like I needed to be away from my phone. But other people might find a cold turkey situation works better for them, like a complete disconnect. The person that I talked to you about before the mom whose son became addicted to his gaming console actually went on a 30-day detox. And this is from a, a research scientist and psychiatrist, Victoria Dunlicky, has a book, uh, How to Reset Your Child's Brain. And this is what she recommends is 30 days without any screens at all. So if someone really felt that they needed to just step away from the phone, it might be an idea, and I, and I do have a girlfriend that I used to really enjoy communicating with over social media who went cold turkey on social media. And I had dinner with her on Friday and I said, hey, what's going on? And she said, well, you know, you inspired me and now I'm off it completely and I feel amazing. And we have a part of our site called the Wisdom of the Community page where people post or do send us videos about how changing their relationship with technology has affected their lives. And there are so many heartwarming, inspirational stories on that. It's interesting because obviously your community is online. Like obviously mm -hmm. people yes. are going on their yes. computers and their phones to access this. Are there kind of positives that you can say about technology and the internet kind of as part of that? Well, yes, because it's, it's such an awesome platform, right? All of us, we're all, we're all engaged in technology and it's not that we shouldn't be. I think the message is really mindfulness with technology and so many different reasons to be mindful, you know, for the wireless exposure, for our brain health, for our relationship health. So I think that, um, you know, Dr. Kimberly Young, our first internet addiction managed it 
in what she called a digital diet. And uh, she looked at it as, you know, the, the meat would be maybe research that you were doing online. And there's, I mean, look at what the internet has, it has opened up the world to us. And so research would be the meat and the potatoes, the carbs might be texting and email, whereas getting engrossed in social media for a long period of time might be the dessert. So let's manage the dessert and keep our internet use healthy. It's not bad. It's just using it in a healthy way, like sort of comparing it to the food pyramid. Yeah, I think I like what you were saying as well about kind of having a schedule and not having to say internet is completely bad, get rid of it completely, but we can just kind of manage our relationship with it. Exactly. I mean, I love technology and I'm so happy that both you and I have this platform where we can talk about it because I think that there there's so many good things about it just like just like uh, you know, food. Exactly. It's it's uh become part of our sustenance and our existence, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like I couldn't see, I mean, my work and what I do without the internet, but I can still definitely make it healthier. Exactly. And the great thing about it is, you know, you can journal and you, and someone did this on the wisdom of the community, uh, journal to see how they were feeling before they decided to manage their use and then how they felt after. And I would say everyone that I've heard of from so far has told me that they just feel such a greater sense of self. They feel so much more connected to nature. They feel so much more connected to human beings. And that's honestly how we were created to be connected to one another. And so they're feeling like the phone or their devices just took away some of that important connection for them. So this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours, mentally yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we discussed today, please contact the Samaritans on 116-123 or go to the website at samaritans.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a rate and review on iTunes and come join us on our Facebook group, which is just Mentally Yours. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 